This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Can I Steal You for a Second podcast, a Bachelor podcast and part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of Can I Steal You for a Second? I'm Ashley Young, as always, joined by Natalie Zamora. And this week, we have a special guest on the podcast, Josh Hill, editorial director of Fansided.com, one of my favorite co-workers over at Fansided, and a sneaky Bachelor fan. You may hear him talk all sports all the time, but Hill, you're like an OG Bachelor (coughs) guru. I am like, it's, you know, I like melting my brain with this stuff every week. So it's a nice chaser to football. You get Sunday's football, you know, then you just go right into the bachelor and it's all the same sorts of violence. It's emotional violence. <laughs> I'm here for it. A violent man as well. I should have included <laughs> that. I love the little football detox. That's a great way to put it. Um, and we got a lot of chaos and violence to talk about this week, but before we do, we just have to shout out our friends over at Manscaped because they have their fourth generation brand new lawnmower 4.0. Their performance package 4.0 sets you up with the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. You can join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping by using our code FANSIDED20. Yeah, you should go ahead, treat yourself, gift a friend. Either way, you can get 20% off and free shipping. Like Ashley said, you just have to use the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. If you didn't hear it the first time, that's just with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Great deal, so check it out. It's a great deal, and you too can look as clean-shaven as everyone (laughs) over in paradise. Uh, which is truthfully something I admire every week is how wonderful everyone looks on a sweaty, smelly, crab infested situation. It impresses me. It really speaks to how attractive the entire (laughs) cast of individuals are. So how are we feeling? We're in the thick of paradise. We had two episodes again this week. How are you guys feeling about the way things are heating up over in paradise? I feel like so we had two years of a break, right? And I feel like they're just making up for lost time now and throwing the most insane manipulative and producers are on their game this year. And I think this week really spoke to that because we're bringing every ex on the beach, every ex fiance, anyone that anyone has ever talked to in the past. It's just like, sure, let's bring a former bachelorette. Sure, let's bring Tia, who's been on here before. And of course, Kendall, which we'll get into. But I think, yeah, they're pulling out all the stops and I just love every second of it. Uh, it feels like the Royal Rumble or something where it's like each time you look at the stairs, like somebody new, and like they do it every year. But this year it feels like, you know, Natalie's point, it's just somebody who it's like from the past, it's an X. And we're just throwing so many wrenches into the works here. And like, the, I'm still not over, you know, Demi's first day on the <laughs> beach. Like that was amazing. And like the bar was set high with that. And we've just consistently gone up and whether it's Thomas showing up or all of these people just rolling up, like it's great, you know, sad Connor B on the beach. Like it's just, there's just so much to digest. So much to digest. I have no empathy for Connor Hill as we'll, <laughs> we'll get into all, I'm so glad he's gone, but you brought up Demi who is no stranger to the franchise. She loves to have her hand in the drama 
And we started this week off with Demi kind of being the ringleader and a little bit of chaos because we have the Kenny, Mari, Demi triangle going on. And Demi did what she does best, which is stand her ground and go after someone's guy. I loved the surprise party. But my first question to you guys is, who throws a cake in the fire? That is so (laughs) selfish. Of all the selfish acts that we see on Paradise, who throws a cake in the fire? I it just the mass disappointment of everybody who watched because it's like everybody was like oh this is emotional thing happening like this is so terrible but then as soon as the cake became collateral damage everybody was like this is one of the darkest moments <laughs> on the beach that we've seen and I don't know look it was a perfectly fine cake I agreed with I forget who was saying it but they're like you know you could have like given us a piece first like you know it's not like we're like taking a piece of the cake and I'm not choosing a side it's cake cake is neutral in this. <laughs> Yeah, that was so funny. I loved Riley was like, damn, I really wanted that cake. I think that was everyone watching at home. Like, that looked pretty good. Why'd you do that? Selfish. Collateral damage. Unjust. But, you know, I guess it had to be done. Mari is going up against Demi, who is firm. And she had a line, you know, classic villain line in this franchise. I'm not here to make friends. In the wild, I say stay away from anyone that says that because they're a shady individual. But we're in paradise. And I kind of agree with Demi. You don't go to paradise to build friendships. You go to gain Instagram followers and maybe fall in love. Are we okay with Demi kind of throwing friendship and morals to the wind to, you know, take on and find love? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I am like, it's, yeah, I feel like she's the only one that knows what show she's on. Yes. And I love that. And she's just leaning all the way into the villain role. And it's just, it's masterful. It's, it's beautiful television every single time she's on there. And like, look, she gave us that line of, I didn't come here to make friends. And then she brought a cake. Like the dichotomy <laughs> of that is just amazing. Like she knows exactly what she's doing. This is like watching a master at work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just love her. Like, I really don't care what she does, especially because we keep saying it. Like she's putting on a show. There's, I'm sure she's a little bit like this in real life, but to the extent that she's going, it's definitely, you know, putting on the show for the show that she's been on already. So I think everything she's doing is just hilarious. And I think by episode two, though, her insecurities were really, really showing And I felt kind of bad for her just because she kept saying how embarrassed she was and how, you know, everything she's doing is, you know, to get attention. So I don't know. I have conflicting feelings about her motivations, but I love her and she's just perfect TV. She's textbook TV. I have my whole shtick about, you know, once someone's been on the show too many times, I'm kind of out. It feels scripted. It feels performative. And this week, Demi, 100%, I'm back on. She is playing this part beautifully and I'm all in. I do need you guys to clarify something for me because I was not following Mari's logic of, I you know, said I would go on a date, but not date other people. And I just felt like she's kind of, you, you want to have your, not to say cake, but like have your cake and eat it too. And I could not really grasp where she was coming from. I understood she was hurt, but what, what is she trying to justify there with that logic i was i'm still lost days later i have absolutely no idea like it's you talk about demi knowing exactly what show she's on and then mari comes and she's like trying to play this weird game and it's like look that's the that's you're on paradise like this is first of all even if you're on just a regular bachelor or bachelorette like that's how this goes 
Like you're all dating the same person and you're dating the same people. So this kind of weird game that she was, I don't know if it was a game or if it was an insecurity or what was going on, but like the whole, like we should see other people. And then as soon as that person starts seeing other people, you're like, oh, never mind. I was just kidding. That's not what I meant. It's like, oh, well, what are you doing? And then once that cat's out of the bag, like you can't bring it back in. Yeah, that was, I don't think she should have said anything to Kenny. It's like, yeah, it, that's the point of the show. Like she wasn't actively interested in anyone else. So why say anything until someone comes down that she's interested in? And I think, yeah, Mari definitely doesn't know the rules of the show. And I love to a later conversation uh, with Demi when, uh, Mari was like, well, Kenny said he wanted to have sex with me. And Demi's like, we're all having sex with each other. That's the show. <laughs> That's what we're doing. And it's like, uh, Mari, just why did you, why did you say anything? It was so dumb. Yeah. What do I say? You go on the show, you, you keep a drink in your hand to sip and shut up. Like yeah. that is your best play on the show. Just be hot and charming without saying too much and instigating this like emotional turmoil. So she should have, yeah, you're right. Just let it go. It's not worth opening your mouth. And on that note, speaking of not opening your mouth, we have the return of the smoke show bros <laughs> this week. Chris, do you guys remember Chris at all? I know that was the the whole shtick was that you probably don't remember me. Mm-hmm. I literally do not think he ever was on my television screen before. Nope. That's the first time I'd have ever seen that human being in my life. Like he must have been a production assistant, like chilling and they needed (laughs) extra bodies. And they're like, all right, Chris, that's a believable name. And then him and his relationship, you know, smoke show bros. Let it go. Okay. I hate it so, so, so much. You are grown adult men leaning into something that should have like left your vocabulary in high school before you'd ever been with a woman. Like let it go. (laughs) So we're out on smoke show. We can't use the S word on this podcast. I, I would I would venture to say that we shouldn't use bro either. Like once you reach a certain age, it's like bro, and then you're putting them together. It's like a collision of just awful things. Smoke show, bro. Like I've never been the the one way to be guaranteed out on somebody immediately, instantly, is if they show up and they're like, "Hey, I'm a smoke show, bro." You're like, yeah, okay, that's and I'm walking the other way. That's what I'm doing. I've I've heard about your type, and it's no one I want in my corner. <laughs> The smoke show, bro. It's just cringy, cringy. Yeah. I I love a little cringe in paradise, but that's not it. And let it go, guys. But ugh, whatever. We don't, again, stop saying it, actually. As much as we hate it, stop saying it. Which we kind of did a 180 um, when Jasenia, you know, is talking about Chris. So we, who is Chris? Suddenly Chris gives her a spark. And sweet, sweet Ivan is like, what happened to like our dynamic here? And she equates it to two different categories, having the spark and checking the boxes. And I'm curious, what is more important to each of you, having that spark or checking the boxes? I would say spark is more important, at least for like in the stage that they are right now, where there's like, you know, you're just meeting people. I think spark's more important, but I am just personally offended that she hurt Ivan. (laughs) So I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, wasn't she like waiting for Chris too? Like it was like the two people, and it's like there's the per- one other person that's ever heard of Chris in their entire life is Yusenia. But yeah, I would say the spark. If you have the spark, then you can start checking boxes. Because mm-hmm. if you check boxes but there's no spark, like 
then you're just, it's a checklist and that's no way to like, you know, if you're looking for a relationship, even if it's on like the beach in bachelor in paradise, you don't want to make it like a task list. And then it's robotic. Like you have to have that spark. Then the boxes get checked and just make sure it's not a smoke show bro. (laughs) Which is like, maybe like one a priority one a on the checklist. Like, are you a smoke show bro? Just puts out the spark like immediately. I'm with you, Natalie, though. I am personally offended that (laughs) Ivan looks like he's headed for heartbreak again. And he does seem like the sweetest. Why do nice guys get screwed over? I think is what I'm circling back to is there's got to be like a small spark. The nice guys, you got to find your edge because you check the boxes. But it seems like there's always going to be someone to have a bigger spark. And Ivan... I just want to give you a hug. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. Yeah, Ivan is is one of my favorites from, you know, recent seasons. So it just is so it's so crazy because I mean, I don't know what I would do if I was on the beach, but I assumed he would be a hot commodity on the show. And so far he isn't. And it just it makes me really just personally upset. And it's like I the two it's times hard. that he's been on too. It's like, he's gotten just kneecapped out of nowhere. Cause he had the one date on the bachelorette and it's like, we don't even see what happened. It's like, yep, it's just not going to work out. We have to like assume. And it's, you know, we're sad for Ivan. And then here, it seems like he's finally going to find what he's looking for. And again, out of nowhere, literally a guy we've never heard of before <laughs> shows up and swoops in to break Ivan's heart. Well, I mean, thankfully he sticks around, but like that was, it was dicey there for a second. Isn't he like a scientist too? I'm pretty sure he's super smart, has a lot of money. So I don't know. Like that's just adding to all the good qualities he has too. I love the last (laughs) ditch. He makes a lot of money card that we're playing here. Like we are really, really, that's a checklist. Like that might be someone's box. So just so many good things. I was not ready for you to play the the financial (laughs) assistance card on that one, but I'm with you. He checks all the boxes nice people are hard to find so it worked out for him he got a rose at the end of the day he's sticking around we'll see what happens but uh more justice for ivan but justice for chicago hill i need you to weigh in on this one because joe and serena who i don't know whatever um on their date joe goes more into detail about kind of what unraveled with kendall and what happened and he basically says I want to plant roots in Chicago. I'm never leaving. And that's not where she wants to plant her roots. And I need you as a Chicago resident to make the case. You've spent many, many years calling that place home. I need you to sell it and justice for Chicago and Joe's inability to leave. Well, the thing about Chicago is it's the perfect mix of all of the other major metropolitan areas that you would have. So you're city living, but you're not in the absolute concrete jungle of New York and you're not out in LA where it's just, it's hot and it's hazy and you're just breathing all that gross, bad air. And also you're still, you're like a central point. So you are the middle point to everywhere else. If you want to go to New York, you're halfway there. If you want to go out to the West coast, you're halfway there. Same thing about the South. And it's just, it has, New York has its boroughs and LA has its different sort of thing going on, but like there's something very homely and neighborhoodly about Chicago. So like you can be downtown but you can go over to Wicker Park. It has its own thing going on. You can go up to River North, which is its own thing where I think we're going to maybe see Chris and some of these other people out at night. 
Uh, and then even you can go up and you can find some more like neighborhoodly residential places where people are raising families and there's like homes and yards. It's like this weird Wizard of Oz mix of all of these different things. And it's just, I can't, I can't fault them. It's, it's a great place. So I would lay down roots here too. So I agree with them. Bravo, bravo. Ironically, I just moved from Chicago to New York, <laughs> but I agree with everything you said. It is a wonderful, wonderful city. If the love of my life said, hey, this is important to me, I would consider it. Just putting it out there for anyone. Serena, if you're listening, keep an open mind. You're young. You have time to grow, to learn, and love a city. Chicago is wonderful. 10 out of 10. So we'll see what happens. Everyone seems to be dumping on Chicago. Like, why would I live there? Uh, cost of living. Incredible. Joe seems to be a hot bachelor commodity. He's around. Single man in Chicago. Selling points, in my opinion, but who knows? Uh, and Kendall makes his, her return. We have to jump ahead to that because they've been teasing it for weeks. We finally see a little bit at the end of this week. Do we think it's enough to take a line from Love Island, turn Joe's head? Is Kendall going to be the reason he just takes 20 steps backwards? I think so. Honestly, I'm sad about it because I do love him. And I think, I mean, I think him and Serena are cute. I know we said last week or one of the weeks, actually, that, you know, their age difference might have an effect on their relationship, but I think they're cute. And I don't know the, it seemed the only reason why Joe and Kendall broke up was the distance. So if they're put together, I mean, things might happen. Yeah. It's a very, bad thing if the reason that they didn't end up together is because of distance it's not like it was they didn't like each other or they didn't get along and they lived with each other and they found out that they weren't compatible it was literally she didn't want to move to chicago which is like the easiest house of cards to like take down and be like that's not a big deal i wish they hadn't have teased her coming to the island all or to the beach all season like if this would have been something where it's literally just an anvil that gets dropped like we've seen Joe kind of have some ups and downs for the first couple of weeks. You know, he's finally seems to be settling in with Serena P after that even got off to a bumpy start was like, maybe she's going to like dump him at the start. Seems like they're hitting a stride. And then in comes Kendall. Like that is like the big, that's like an all time cliffhanger for the bachelor. If mm -hmm. she just shows up and then boom credits, like I'm sitting there in shock, just wondering what the, that's when I want to see the next episode. So I really wish they hadn't teased it, but I'm still here. 100% for all of the just insane drama this is going to cause because this is poor Joe. Don't make Joe a villain too. This is, I don't want to yeah, say that. Agree. No, he's not capable. He's too like corny to be a villain. Like he's <laughs> a very a gentle Midwest guy. Like he'll be okay. But I'm with you, Hill. Like, why are we giving away our best material? I guess the logic is people are going to tune in anyway. But that's true. Even if you don't give me Kendall, the people that are watching are going to tune in anyway. It's like we were given the plot twist of the movie in the trailer before it even like hit theaters. And it's really annoying. Again, the world is crumbling. I need something to like shock me. Nothing shocks me anymore. And that would have been <laughs> such an incredible, like on my couch, barely watching. I'm on TikTok and I see Kendall come down. It would have blown my mind, blown my mind. And we were deprived of that joy. So I got some beef because why? Why you got to do that to me? The spoiler was too much. Agreed. Uh, yeah. I do feel like, though, I mean, even though I knew it was coming, I was still on the edge of my seat, <laughs> like jaw dropped, just watching her go straight for Joe. I was not expecting her to come down and be like, let me talk to Joe. 
she didn't introduce herself to anyone on the beach. It's like nope. she's only coming on to get back together with him. And that just puts so much fear inside of me going into next week. It was also such a power move too. like not only just going to Joe, but then like with the whole like inside joke stuff that she has, it yeah. was like she flexed so hard on everybody that was there to be like, this is the, you know, this is the Joe and Kendall show now. Like, thank you all for attending. We can keep rotating in these guest hosts, but really this is our show now. And that was, while yeah, the, the surprise was spoiled, just her, how hard she came into the paint. Like that was amazing. And I'm, yeah, it's going to cause a lot of waves here. What, what do they keep saying? The storm is coming to the beach. Like I've <laughs> yeah. heard that a thousand times. It's here, it's Kendall. <laughs> They're one degree removed from like an inappropriate hurricane joke as we're like in the heat of hurricane season. I'm like, all right, let's toe the line. I'm waiting for like a, a rogue tweet to pop up on my timeline. But the storm is here. Like the drama, if we thought there was drama this week, we are in for a treat because it's just going to continue to get so incredibly messy. I think Wells said that like this is the most chaotic paradise I've seen so far. So kudos to them. They're making it entertaining, which is really the end goal for all of us as viewers. Uh, there's more drama with Tammy, who conveniently has fallen for mortal enemies in Aaron and Thomas. And we know Tammy also loves her camera time. She is kind of one degree removed from Demi and the they know how to play the part. They know what Paradise is about. So Tammy falling for the enemies. I don't know if I buy into the organic execution of that, but given the two options of, you know, uh, Aaron and Thomas, I still see her with Aaron. I get that Thomas is tall, the allure, he's new, he's fresh, but I'm kind of impressed with how quickly she did a 180 and caused this storm of love triangle. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. I feel like when Thomas came in, all the girls were like, okay, he's hot. And then the guys were like, no, he's a liar. And the girls were like, okay, never mind. We don't like him anymore. And then out of nowhere, Tammy and him are just are just hooking up. But now at this point, I don't like Thomas or Aaron. I don't want her to end up with either of them. Aaron, I understand why he was upset, but I think he came in a little too aggressive with Tammy. And it's like, dude, I get it. That sucks to watch someone you like make out with someone else in front of you. That's terrible. But like you also met a week and a half ago. It's like, it's not like you've been dating for a year or even a month. So I don't think that was warranted at all. And I just don't want her to be with either of them. No, it's the, the Tammy fake tears too. That's always <laughs> that if we're talking about great television and people knowing what show they're on, like that was, that was fantastic. But yeah, Aaron, Aaron has a weird, like corny charm to him. Like he's kind of like a, I use this word lovingly, but he kind of feels like a little bit of a doofus, but like a lovable doofus. And like, it's, I'm, I find myself rooting for him, but also like rolling my eyes. Like, what was the line he was saying about like, it's like watching a dolphin or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, like do what it's supposed to do. And I was like, this feels like a Will Ferrell movie that I'm watching. <laughs> like you're talking to me about dolphins doing what they're supposed to do. And then we're talking about roses. I'm just like this guy, but there's something weirdly charming about it. So it's, I'm, I'm, not sure how I feel about Aaron. <laughs> That's the perfect word. Because I was going to say he reminds me of like a dog where they're like beautiful and like very intelligent <laughs> creatures. And then sometimes they like walk into the wall and like just have these moments where you're like, are you okay? 
<laughs> like what we've built. And I'm like, what, over the last 48 hours? He just seems like he's a little, he's 26, but still has that like, it's who you have a crush on when you're like 16. The way he carries himself yeah. is very youthful, which I think is part of the charm is he's excitable and like energetic in like a dog way, I guess, which the way I'm leaning. Like you want to play with him and like pet him at the party, but then you're kind of like, all right, what's what's going on here? So I think he came in hot. I think he needs to work on his communication skills, uh, but the potential's there. He just needs to, to reel it in a little bit. I'm with you, Hill. I'm rooting for him, but on the same note, Natalie, do I want Tammy to do with Tam or Thomas or Aaron? No, like move on. That ship has sailed. So, but that wasn't even all of the drama. We're like cruising through <laughs> the chaos this week. We still have so much more to talk about. So we're going to take a quick breather and we'll be back after these messages. In a weird addition to paradise, we have some gift giving jewelry situation going on. Everyone seemed to come prepared with the jewelry and we have Carl with a, a delicate little Pandora bracelet, if you will, which is suddenly in competition with the most obnoxious chain I have ever seen yeah. in this franchise. Bedazzled diamond, I don't even know what it is. And we have a jewelry competition love triangle going on. And maybe I'm just not a romantic gesture kind of gal. I think it's the tackiest, corniest, males butting ahead situation we've seen this season so far despite all the love triangles the jewelry is what takes it up a notch to just guys is your personality not enough after a week like we gotta start competing with gifts so where do you guys stand in this deandra chaz and carl love mess we have going on I'm just glad she didn't choose either of them because I thought it was so <laughs> obnoxious. I was like, since when do you give gifts on paradise? And what do producers just have like a stash of gifts and jewelry just in case someone asks? Like, where did that even come from? I didn't like it at all. If I was Deandra, I would have been so uncomfortable. And I think she was good in recognizing like both of these guys are kind of fake. So I'm not going to go with either of them, which I loved. Yeah, it was uh, it was like the perfect metaphor. It was like a measuring contest where it was mm -hmm. like, all right, here's my gift. Here's your gift. literally to the fact where like that necklace was obscene. Like that's like mm -hmm. he was carrying that around like the beach. That's just like waiting to like. And also, was he going to give that to somebody else? Like that was a whole thing. But I don't know. Jason, I'm also out on him because I, I forget where I was. I either read this or heard this somewhere, but he looks like a parody of somebody who is like his character and i'm just i'm out on that the whole carl chase thing i agree with natalie i'm glad she didn't pick either of them which it was kind of shocking when it happened but at the same time as soon as you thought about it for two seconds mm -hmm. like no this these two cannot stay here as much as we all love drama that's just that's too sugary that's a little bit too much in a way it almost protected the women from like being forced to couple up with them she's yeah. like i'm gonna take one for the team and remove them from paradise <laughs> and keep Ivan around. Like it was such a beautiful friendship play. I was like, I really respect that. And get that jewelry off the island. We had Noah with like the funniest shade. He's talking about, you know, I got my mom one of those in 2000 about the Pandora bracelet. And I'm like, this wraps it up perfectly. Like it's antiquated, it's inappropriate for paradise. Like just remove all this from the island and we get to keep sweet, sweet, Ivan around so 
it all worked out. It was a nice little bow at the end of that. Uh, more drama. We saw Becca return, which we, again, knew was coming because there's no such thing as not spoilers with Paradise. How do we feel about her return and making her way back into the franchise? I'm kind no, of indifferent. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent about it. I like her. I don't really love her. Um, but I mean, it would have been just better if they had like Blake on the beach or someone she actually dated from her season because then obviously drama. But now that she's coming in and meeting all these people for the first time, it felt fine. You know, there wasn't really much to it. Good for her, I guess. I just feel bad because my only takeaway from that is I'm so like, neutral on her showing up that my biggest takeaway from that was Lance Bass teasing it as some like big, huge thing. That's going to change everything. And he's going really hard for like the permanent hosting role. And (laughs) both times that he's just, so he showed up and he's got the NSYNC song playing and then he's leaving and he's saying, this is going to change everything. You know, you're never going to expect this. And both times I was like, Oh my God, Justin Timberlake, please. (laughs) And it was neither of those times that he show up. So that was, to tell you how I feel about her showing up, it's it's nice to have her, but like my big takeaway was Lance. That was a bad way to go, man. You hyped that up way too much. Yeah. That I didn't even think about it that way, how much he hyped it up. That's so embarrassing <laughs> because you know that's what everyone was thinking. Like, this is a celebrity. We have a special performance. And then she's like, hey, guys, I'm here. And everyone's like, oh, Becca, okay, <laughs> whatever. You know, she seems lovely. I'm sure she'll have a wonderful time in paradise but I'm always iffy on the returns. Like I like a new character. I like some new personalities in the mix. So we'll see what she has to bring. If she gets caught up in any of the drama, we saw a lot of people go home this week though. Um, Again, one of those moments uh, where I feel like maybe I checked my phone too long. (laughs) And then next thing I know, Trey was in a car going home. I did not see that coming at all. He's like Mr. Positive bubbly energy. And then he was in the SUV going home. Did you guys see that coming? Like, what did I miss? Yeah, not really. I mean, I guess I feel like all the Thomas drama just got him down. And I wonder if it was just like not a comfortable space for him anymore. I mean, obviously, he didn't really have any connections with anyone since, you know, him and Tajwan kind of split ways, I guess. Um, So I guess he was just like, screw it. I'm not having fun here. So I'm going to go. Yeah, my my big tray moment that I took away from the whole show is his whole confrontation with Thomas on the beach where it's like, this is the last time we're ever going to speak to each other. So I just want to wish you the best and good luck. And Thomas is like, well, this is the last time we're going to speak, but I want to say something. I'm just like, this is, if I was Trey, I'd be like, that would have been the last draw for me. I'm like, this is what my experience is going to be like. I'm not enjoying this. This is like drama that I don't want to deal with. Clearly he didn't want to deal with it. So it's like, I don't fault him for going home whatsoever. Yeah, I guess I forget everyone's human and like as played up as the drama might be for the cameras, I would be so sad if anyone was mad at me, if someone like didn't want to couple up with me. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. you're not sleeping, you're drinking all day, you're in the sun. It really is a recipe for a disaster on your mental health. So as shocked as I was, I guess when you remind me they're human, it makes (laughs) sense. (laughs) Like this just isn't for me. I'm going to go home. We saw, you know, in addition to the people that didn't get roses, Tajwan also decided to go home and Connor. We're not going to get any more music from Connor. How do you guys feel about that? Very, very thrilled. I'm very happy. Well, I was kind of, I liked Connor when he showed up with the cat suit because I was like, oh, this is charming. I know what you're going for back on KD season. And then 
the ukulele stuff just started happening and it kept happening and it didn't stop happening. And then what was it? Uh, Marissa, who's, who's on the date with Riley. And he's just sitting on the beach like, oh, it's going to be fine. Like, don't worry. it's like a real look at the flowers moment. And then he's so shocked when he finds out that it happened. I was like, Con, are you that like, I know we're all drinking on the beach, but like, man, seriously, like you didn't see that coming. Like, oh, and then, yeah, I, I don't want to get into the outfit because I kind of I don't want to make this too much about Connor. But I was like, that's the perfect Connor thing. Like he comes out in the outfit and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm in on it. And then you very quickly grow tired of it. I'm like, I can do without this. That's the Connor experience. Yeah, I'm just so happy we won't have to hear his singing anymore. I'm sorry. I really just hated it. Thought it was the most obnoxious thing ever, especially because it was always sad. I just don't need those vibes anymore. So (laughs) good riddance. I'm sorry. Nothing, (laughs) Nothing personal against him. I just can't do it. Yeah, good riddance. I'm sure we'll see him creep up on Spotify. Um, maybe I'm outing myself here, but your your Spotify like release radar is supposed to be, I think, what based on what you listen to. And very recently I was listening and a song came out. I was like, oh, I kind of like this. Let me save it. And it was Jed. Oh and, my God. I know. <laughs> and I was like, what does Spotify no. think of me that this is the song they're suggesting? So I feel like, you know, my CIA agent in my phone is definitely like, <laughs> Connor, 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 and it's going to creep up on Spotify one of these days. So I don't think it's the last I've seen of him, but I'm glad he's not on the show. I'm sure he's a wonderful person, but everything from, you know, his singing to at the men tell all or whatever episode it was when they did the whole fake kiss from the audience and then people, you know, unearth the casting call for that. Like everything is corny. He's a corny guy, which whatever. There's worse things someone could be, but I need um, I need a little more on Paradise. So whatever. I'm hating on Connor for no reason. He's a nice man. Oh, breathe. His music really gets me fired up. Gets me so fired up. Um, yeah, there's there's just a lot going on. A lot of people going home. You can see everything is really starting to catch up to people because you have invested time, and then new people arrive. Peak, peak Paradise. When Tia arrives. This is something else that got me a little fired up. So I need you guys to talk through it with me (laughs) because Colton, obviously his hands are not clean. He's done some creepy things in the past that I would never get on a soapbox and condone. Okay. That is my blanket statement on that. But the digs at his sexuality where we had a little bit with Demi and then Tia arrives and same thing was like, well, he's gay. So obviously he wasn't into me. It just feels like a weird box to put someone in. I know he came out and he like publicly declared his sexuality, but I don't like the digs at his, you know, him being gay. And it seems like a punchline when that's like literally his identity and his reality every day of his life. It feels like really cheap, antiquated humor. Am I just on my high horse? (laughs) No, I I definitely agree with you. And I will say I don't like Colton at all. Like all of the, you know, things that came out about him and Cassie, absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I don't think there was any reason for them to keep treating, you know, him being gay as a joke or or a punchline. I don't really understand what any of that was about. I guess they're just trying to be funny or like trying to take away the fact that they were rejected. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't like it. It was just weird to hear. Yeah, in the year of our Lord 2021, are we seriously still like, 
using being somebody's sexuality as a punchline in yeah. a joke. Like Noah made the joke about the bracelet being from 2000. Like those jokes are from 2000. Like that's <laughs> so I, also the Bachelor franchise has had enough problems with, you know, not being yeah. with the times recently. So I don't think that this is water that they want to tread into. I, it's it's just dumb. It's like, come on, we're not. That's not the way things operate. That's never the way things should have operated. But clearly we've all moved on and matured. So I, those jokes were just, they didn't land at all. Yeah, like I said, I'm not running around as the, you know, PC police over here. But I don't, just like, it feels cheap. It feels silly. And again, he is problematic in his behaviors and his relationships. So do we even need to keep talking about him? No. So whatever. I had to put it on the podcast. I had to speak my truth <laughs> because it does kind of bother me. And I feel like it needs to be called out a little bit. Um, and with that said, you know, old habits die hard on this show, I guess. So they send Tia on a date and with Kenny and they're taking their clothes off. Why? Let's take something very innocent and make it naked. And suddenly it's air quotes, good television. I don't get it. I don't get the naked challenges, <laughs> especially, okay, not to sound pervy, but we can't even see it. We see less yeah. of your body with the black bar. <laughs> so not that I'm discrediting it if I can see it but the whole thing is just so strange to me and the shock value isn't even there no and it's so forced too at this point like you're expecting it but the perfect example of how the nudity and all of this the naked challenges are fake and forced on the bachelor is these three random people that come up and are like hey want to place in a game of volleyball uh -huh. and it's like seriously and they like don't mic them up to like try to sell the effect i was like this is uh, this is what that is it's a gimmick it's all it is and yeah you can barely see anything and then also here's the other thing tia clearly barely didn't want to do it like she's like i don't want to get naked i don't want to do this on the beach and it feel that's where it felt kind of getting a little gross because it's like now we're forcing somebody to do something for like Ashley was saying quote unquote good television it's like no this is again the bachelor you have some problematic things you need to work around like let's not maybe force people to get naked on a beach and play three strangers we've never seen before like come on <laughs> what are we doing imagine being on a first date and three people are like hey guys you want to like play some volleyball and they strip naked like it's not even a yeah. realistic situation and I, I understand some of these dates are we're on tv they're goofy they're gimmicky but that's just weird like I would very quickly walk away from that in real life I'd be like not today no thank you maybe next week yeah I was really hoping that they told Tia ahead of time or something because if not that is really gross to just be like well this is happening so you better get naked or you know this isn't going to be a good scene or whatever it is because if I was in that situation I'd be like I'm uncomfortable I want to go home now like I don't understand it at all like why did they have to get naked I'm not like a prude or anything like that but it literally just had no explanation at all it's not like they went somewhere and they were like all right you're gonna learn about like a nudist colony or something like that nope we're on the beach now you got to play nude volleyball for no reason you think they're going to get an education out of this experience, <laughs> Natalie? You don't hold your breath. <laughs> that would have been cool. A little cultural element to paradise. I would love that. It does. It's all performative. And we've had two years. They've clearly scripted the drama. They're pulling out all the stops. We love that. You had two years to come up with a better date than naked volleyball and you dropped the ball. We can't win them all, but this just wasn't a win in my book. So 
I do kind of like the two of them together though. All that said, I was kind of into them trying to figure out their dynamic. Are you guys in on Tia and Kenny? I could see it. I feel like I just cannot get a sense on Kenny because it seems like he's all in on whoever he's talking to, but then the next opportunity comes and he's like, Oh no, I really, really like you. I didn't know you were coming on. And it's like, what are you even doing here? Do you just want to hook up with as many people as you can? Yeah. I forget who, who somebody said it where it's like, they seem to be on the same emotional maturity level. And I don't know if that says less or more about Kenny, who's the oldest person on the beach. <laughs> But no, I like them too. It seems like they've got like a fun kind of good energy and chemistry. And also personally, it creates so much drama with Demi. So it's yeah. the perfect, it's, this is the perfect concoction of a relationship. And also I really liked when she was, uh, Kenny was talking about having slept with Demi and then they get into the conversation about how many people he slept with and she freaks out. And Kenny had this like the most relatable moment. He's like, what is happening on this beach? Cause it happened before. Like he's been tugged around a million different ways with like the rules changing and the goalposts moving. And he's like, seriously again, like what's going on. But like that moment, like it seemed like they sort of had this connection and this chemistry where it was like, they were joking. It was, it was fun. And it seemed like something that would turn into normal drama on the beach was just kind of like a joke for them. So I was like, I was into it. I like those two. All right. I like the way you're spinning it as a potential drama. If they <laughs> pair up, we're just entitled to more entertainment, which I love your logic. So I'm here for it. The The couple that threw me for a loop, um, another place of confusion for me. So maybe you guys can piece this together. Um, way back when, when Abigail and Noah went on their first date, Noah was like, I don't really like to waste my time. Like I like to be transparent. My intentions are to date. And Abigail was like, it takes me a really long time to get there. And then this week, she approaches him and is kind of like, hey, I feel like we're friend zoning each other. And Noah's like, I'm following your lead. And Abigail's upset. Did I mix that up somewhere? <laughs> like, at what point in time did she do a 180 from this? It takes me a really long time to get there. And he's like, I'm quick. And now she's upset that there, things aren't moving quickly enough. I'm confused. If you guys are just friends, that, that's fine. You can't force those feelings but she seemed like she was a little discouraged by how slowly things were moving when I thought that's what she kind of asked and set the pace for. Yeah. I had no idea what that entire issue was. <laughs> I was like, even after they talked, I was like, there's no problem here. It seems like you guys are kind of on the same page. So I don't know. Uh, Abigail called it self-sabotaging what she was doing. But in my eyes, I kind of just saw it as like maybe she's not really into him and is trying to figure out why. Yeah. I, I also like how Noah like woke up from his nap for all of this. It feels like he's just like sleeping this whole time. He's also like a very chill and laid back guy. So I can totally see him reading her signals of like, hey, I'm going to respect that you need to go slow. I'm not, you know, I'm quick, but like, I like you. So we're going to see, you know, I'll go at your pace. So I was a little taken back because I was fully prepared. I had all the gifts and all the memes ready to go about Noah breaking Abigail's heart. And it kind of felt like it was the other way around mm -hmm. where Noah was the one that was blindsided. And he's like, well, hold on a second. Like I'm into you, but like, I'm trying to respect you. And then trying to respect you, I'm like getting friend zone, which is something that Abigail said like time and time again, she friend zones people really quickly. So I wonder if this is just a weird thing with they don't really know themselves enough and they're trying to come together because Noah is very kind of spacey and does his own thing. And Abigail very much 
doesn't want to get hurt, but you're also on Bachelor in Paradise. So like something's got to give here. We'll see. I, you know, I love, I love to buy into the, some of the best relationships start as friendships. Like there's not always that, that spark at the beginning, but I don't think they're in the best place to continue forward. I think things are on the rock. I think are on the rocks. I think the writing's on the wall with them, which sucks because everyone is in love with Abigail. And I think Noah seems like a, a goofy, good hearted guy. And back to the drawing board for Abigail. I really think that's what we're going to see over the next couple of weeks. I think they're done. Am I wrong? I agree. I think you're right. Yeah. Unfortunately, protect Abigail at all costs. That's what I had in my notes in caps. <laughs> yeah. Protect Abigail, but Abigail, get out of your own way. Take a risk, move faster than you're comfortable. What? No, that sounded but you know what I mean like it's okay to like step like turn the line outside your comfort zone that sounds a lot more encouraging uh yeah I think that you know if you have a habit of friend zoning people and it's deterring you from you know moving forward with relationships you deserve to be a love girlfriend like take a risk it's okay uh and Noah seems like a good guy so we'll see what happens but I'm sure there's only going to be nothing but chaos next week because like we said earlier on the pod Kendall's back she is literally acting like she's still Joe's girlfriend. Joe is still in love with her. It's so obvious. And I'm curious if we're even going to have like 20 minutes of their time or if they're just going to head out together instantly. Like that is the direction I see this mess going. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see just how the episode starts and what Serena does as well. Yeah, I, I- I don't want to see Joe become the villain here. So I want some quick resolution one way or the no- another. Either he goes back with Kendall and they try to rekindle some stuff, which is like, good, fine. Let's, you know, maybe that has a happy ending. Or he sticks with Serena P and we're like, wow, Joe's Joe's a, lo- a loyal guy. Like he's, he's getting in on that. I also just, the last thing I'll say about Joe though, we didn't get our kind of surprise with that whole thing because we've been you know teased it the whole season. I would like to think that Joe was like laying down in that cabana thing and literally looks up and the first thing he sees is Kendall because you can see the look on his face. He's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and I think that was pretty genuine. So, but if that's an indication of where we're going here, I don't think it's going to have that quick resolution. I think Joe is going to be the centerpiece of these episodes and hopefully it doesn't end bad for him. I hope not. I think he's too much of a fan favorite for them to like write him off mm-hmm. as a villain. But stranger things have happened. And like we keep saying, they've had years to prep for this paradise. You know, I I have a would you rather that I want to wrap this episode with, with Joe in mind. So, because I can't think of something worse than your ex rolling onto the beach unexpectedly as you're trying to move on from them. Would you rather be blindsided by your ex in paradise that you're still in love with and trying to move on from? Or would you rather the producers write you off with this awful villain narrative and all of America hates you? I think I would rather have my ex show up. Yeah, because I feel like if we were meant to get back together, it would happen eventually anyway. And then if I was written off as a villain, I would get like death threats. And I don't know if I could handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's tough. I think I would almost get written off as the villain. Because I can spare myself the emotional pain of having to deal with the ex situation. 
And I feel like the life cycle of bachelor villains, depending on how like truly awful you are, like if they write me off like Luke P, I think I can pretty much bounce back from that and be like, that was just the show. I'm not like that in real life. But if they write you off as a villain, that's when you just kind of take the Demi route for a little while. You lean into it, you turn heel, you get the Instagram followers, get all that influencer cash. And then you can have your redemption. You come back and you're like, I'm a changed person. You know, I can't believe I did all that. And all of a sudden you're back in the good graces and you're the one that everybody's rooting for. And you don't have to deal with your ex. So that's a win-win. You know, I don't know how I stand and I'm not going to answer because I don't have an opinion. I loved both of your answers. I'm torn. I think uh, I do like the idea that even villains get brand deals and Instagram followers. So if you could spare yourself the turmoil of seeing an ex, I guess it depends on your ex as well. I'm sure, you know, people have some crazy ones out there and other people have amicable breakups. Who knows? So hopefully Kendall and Joe figure their stuff out. I don't want to see any heartbreak, but I love some drama. If we could just manifest that for next week, the perfect amount of drama, not enough producer plays. I'll be a happy, happy girl. And Hill, I'm so thrilled that you came on to chat paradise with us. Uh, you want to plug your, your Twitter so everyone can follow you as you live tweet the chaos next week. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. This is fun. This show rules. So I'm glad that you guys asked me to come on. And J Dave Hill, that's the Twitter for all the bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise memes gifts reactions i'm not a villain yet so you can get on board while i'm still neutral not a hero either but just in the middle you you sealed your fate 30 seconds ago when you said you could handle the hate and all of america coming out bring it on so go hate tweet hill just kidding um but we thank you guys so much for listening and you can catch us talking all things paradise every week Follow, subscribe, go give us five stars. The Can I Steal You for a Second podcast. We appreciate you guys and we'll catch you next week.